The views and opinions expressed on Take 7 are that of the hosts and are not reflective or nor associated with, either directly or indirectly, any other person or organization. Besides, an open mind and discomfort is the beginning step towards the journey of progress. Don't be so fucking sensitive. Welcome back to Take 7, presented by Stars and Street Lamps, your weekly opportunity to take a seat and take a moment to take it all in. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to help the show grow and get in on the conversations and give us your take by emailing starsandstreetlamps at gmail.com or visit thatimagine.com. Quick shout out to our producer of the month, Jazz Logic. Shout out from the UK. My name is Imagine and joining me as always, the Dark Joker, Dave. What How is you doing, man? up? I am doing actually very good for a Monday. For a Monday. Yeah, for a Monday, it's, it's about eight. Someone's got a case of the Mondays. Yeah, anyone who says that to me is automatically gets one right to the throat. <laughs> Just a straight pull. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. Right What's on. up with you, man? Not much, dude. It's going to be back. Uh, we're still moving forward. The, the pilot was released, and uh, I thought it went decently well. Uh, yeah, all, every all three people I know listen to it. Yeah, all three people. All three that's, people. That's all we really need. Really. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just. You just need in. a spark to start the fire. Yeah, and if if you've tuned into uh, the pilot at about nine minutes and forty five seconds, and hence why it's a pilot. You realize. Imagine does not like editing. No. It was funny. You hit me up. You're like, hey, nine forty five, and I was like, hey, man, I fucking hate editing, dude. Yeah, <laughs> when, I just can't. For those of you out there, uh, he, he actually de- described to me the whole editing process, and it was more than three steps. So I was like, "Yeah, I, I wouldn't have done it either." Yeah, we're just we're just not gonna fucking do it. <laughs> just this. just skip ahead. Yeah, I I just can't stand editing. I'm I love like the creative process. I love the discussion. I love the marketing. I love all this shit. But fuck, I hate editing. I think you talk to any like content creator, that's what they're gonna tell you. Is editing is the vein of their existence. I, then it sounds like editing is kind of like taking out the trash. Yeah. You have to do it, but you really don't want to. You know, it's, it's not so much taking out the trash. It's putting the fucking trash bag back in the can after you're done. Yeah. that's That sucks. I always feel bad for guys who uh, work in the uh, sanitation yeah. workers. And, you know, they come from a hard day's work. Smell like the, the worst thing ever. <laughs> the and last thing they want to The last thing they hear is their wife go, honey, can you take the trash out? Go fuck you yourself. You know what? I can't. I'm this taking is- all this trash out. <laughs> You can see yourself out. Yeah. Uh, but life is good, man. Things are good. Uh, I was thinking to myself the other day, uh, I went to the, the OC Fair. I think we talked about that yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. And while I was there, uh, there was an exhibit, I think, called Music is Art or Music Music the Experience. I don't fucking know. It was pretty fucking cool. A lot of like, uh, a lot of discussions on album covers and the significance of an album cover. Oh, that's a huge, or at least it was huge. Yeah. Do you guys you, it defined everything, you know, you, it was the visual, like why pick me when going through, which is kind of funny because uh, my generation was probably the last one that was hey, don't judge a book by its cover. And that's exactly what we're doing. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't trust this album cover, but it it was so uh, significant. You're like, Oh, I know that album. Oh, I know that album. 
just by the, the album cover. Yeah. And displayed on one of the walls in the exhibit was this really large ass section with number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then right next to it was um, some 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 crates where you go digging through for, for albums. Oh, like albums, yeah. Old yeah, school. yeah. You going through the milk crates. And um, it wasn't actual records, but just the cutouts of, uh, or reprints rather, of album covers. Okay. And on the top of it, it said top 10 debut albums. Oh, so yeah. is, is this about like the cover or actual album? Well, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't go that far, but I, okay. think I took it as like top 10 debut albums, like Period. actual actual music actual music okay maybe plus the cover art i don't know however you want to take it yeah and i'm just standing i was, I, was, I told my wife i was like whoa, 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 whoa let's let's see what people choose here yeah this is very important here yeah. it tells a lot about a person exactly yeah. so it's like I, a litmus test yeah so i was looking at people just dig through the crates and people were, were shuffling stuff there was janet jackson there was elvis there was pearl jam all these fucking great artists but then they're also like recent artists so like ariana grande was in there and i was like huh and you see like the old school people like oh the beatles and the elvis is they've got to be on there and then like gen zer will come up and be like oh yeah ariana grande solid number two taylor swift she's got to be up there and i'm just thinking to myself like i'm not sure they understood the assignment but we're talking about debut albums not the full-on like career I, look, I'm not. I don't like categorizing people as much as the next person, but yeah, Gen Z. Uh, <laughs> I don't they, they. I just feel like they just feel entitled and like they just skipped the line and said, "No, we're good. We're 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 the best." Like, I don't want. I don't. I'm not one to judge. Yeah, but yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Gen Z. I'm, I'm. I'm done. Yeah, you had me at Gen Z. Yeah, Gen Z. That was. I was <laughs> done. Like anyone who's younger than 25, it's really hard to have a conversation with them. And maybe it's because it is a generation gap. But uh, <laughs> I can't talk to them. Oh, okay, so we're gonna. So it got me thinking. I was okay. Like, oh man, this would be a great subject because I'm standing there watching people put these fucking covers in their top ten. What was the weirdest one you saw? Ariana Grande. I was like, I don't know enough about her. You know, she might. I got to re-listen to her debut album because it's not, it's not her career debut album. Yes. Because like the Beatles are the fucking Beatles, but do they have the greatest debut album? Um, I, That's open uh, for interpretation. Exactly. Yeah. It's very subjective. Absolutely. Very, very subjective, but people speak on it like it's objective. Like this is the greatest. How fucking dare you put this number one? This one's number two. Yeah, probably a Gen Z. <laughs> so, um, I was standing there watching people like change out the, the album covers and whatnot. I'm, I was talking to this lady. I'm like, dude, fucking a fight is about to break out. Cause people would like, they would put something up and you hear like in the crowd go, Oh, you hear murmuring and there? little comments in the, in the background. Yeah. There's a collective. I don't know, I don't know about that one. <laughs> it's almost like the price is right when they're looking at the audience for seven, no six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, Oh man, this is a fucking good subject. So I was, th- I was thinking to myself like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta talk to Dave. Get his get his subject. So so I reached out to you and I was like, "Give me your top three debut albums." Okay. And uh, you were asking like, "Are there rules?" I was like, "Not really," because I reviewed a bunch of articles and they were talking about, "Oh, like debut can't include independent releases, can't include commercial or numbers." Or, yeah. This one's per- technically was part of a group before or uh, so like on and so forth. Yeah, kind of like if you say. Uh, Michael Jackson, right? Does anything he do with the Jackson Five that technically counts as a debut album? Great, great point. Great point. To me, I'd say they're separate. I say they're separate. 
So yes. you, would, you would say Off the Wall would be his debut album, oh, even that, though he's... Now, man, you're making me think, like, did I fuck up my list? Because Off the Wall was a great album. Well, people forget about that one because of Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yeah. Thriller. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I hit you up. I was like, yo, give me, give me your three. I'm going to come with three. Uh, do you have your, your first selection? We'll, we'll, we'll go three, two, one, right? Um, I do have an honorable mention. Oh, let's do honorable mention. That's great. That's great. Go with that. Let's, let's hear uh, your honorable mention if you have it queued up. Uh, my honorable mention um, is really hard because, uh, like uh, Imagine said, that uh, the whole independent versus uh, commercial release, it really got me thinking, but I stuck to my guns. I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this one off because it's technically not a debut album. Do you have the time? It's uh, Green Day. Green Day. Yeah, yeah. That album is so good because uh, it spoke to me on at, at that time point in my life. What song was that? That was Basket Case. Oh, that was good. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but I also have When, it, when I Come Around and She... Um, there's just a bunch of songs and somebody had to pick up the the torch after Nirvana and whether they wanted to or not, they were that band. Okay. Um, so I so did. You're saying they picked up the torch after Nirvana. Well, I mean, look, Kurt Cobain dropped the torch or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I was waiting for the, yeah, inappropriate I was waiting joke. for the inappropriate joke. That, um, <laughs> he, he shot himself. Yeah. Uh, so after that, it was like open, open season on Who's going to pick up this? Uh, and, who, would, and, who would headline Coachella if it wasn't Nirvana? Yeah. So yeah. it was very much like, well, where do we do now? Yeah. And Green Day just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah, that was what, 94? 94 Kurt, with the Woodstock. Would, Killed himself in 94. It was 94? Yeah. It was 94. Beginning okay. of 94. So they were just right there, perfect time. But they did have two previous albums before. That was, uh, that's why I didn't count it. That was my honorable mention. What's your honorable mention? Okay, my honorable mention. You gonna, you, you gotta, you gotta, you'll know right off the bat, right off the bat. Kanye West. Yeah, man. You know what? I had a feeling you were going to have either a Kanye West or have at least one rap album on there. Why did you pick that one? As an honorable kick, because we're talking about debut albums like Kanye, uh, 808 and Heartbreaks, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Masterpieces. My favorite was Late Registration. Late Registration. That was my favorite. The whole Graduation series was was phenomenal, Mm -hmm. but I think he followed a theme in that range. And he really hit his stride in creativity with 808 and Heartbreaks. Yes. Um, the whole auto-tune sound. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a weird fucking time. It was. It was yeah. whatever it was. Um, so, yeah. But for, for late registration, I'm thinking about, when I talk about a debut album, I'm thinking of something like. The college dropout you're talking you, about. Or just debut albums at all. Okay. So, this is my criteria for me. A criteria being, if they came out, that they came out with one album and then disappeared off the face of the earth. That would be like, fuck, they came, they conquered, and they dipped out. But that one body of work was fucking fantastic. And they also had a cultural impact that adjusted trajectory for the music scene Okay, overall. So I think College Dropout was kind of there. So this was, I think it was a 2004 College Dropout yes. came out. So yeah. Or three or four. Somewhere right, yeah, era, call, yeah, 2004. So it was still a weird time for hip-hop. We're still talking about like Lil Jon and 50 Cent. And then Kanye came out and like everyone kind of paused and be like, who the fuck is this? It was the time of the producer in the beginning of the 2000s or that yes. mid-2000s. Because so, you had saw success with Missy Elliott. 
Yeah. Timbaland. Timbaland. But uh, Timbaland wasn't really a rapper. No, but they had producer back then. Exactly. Yeah. But Missy Elliott was a rapper producer. Right. So you have seen, you saw Sean Puffy Combs, yeah. rapper producer. Sure. So you saw it happening. But with Kanye, it was more like no one even knew he produced them songs. So when he came out with his solo album and his jaw was wired shut yeah, yeah. because of that whole accident, people didn't know what he sounded like. Yeah. So I, th- I thought it was a great debut. Uh, but because he didn't really hit his stride later, uh, it, it's not as culturally impactful as the rest of his body is of work. Whereas if he would have just dropped college dropout and then dipped out, it would have been like a fantastic album. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been as memorable. Yeah, so I, for for me, it's tricky for with uh, with hip hop albums uh, in general, just because uh, unless you're talking about an older one. Everybody has features. Everybody True has that. skits. True that. So it's really hard to put hip hop albums in in this category because you really have to knock it out of the park. Yeah, every song has to be a banger. And even with the skits, it still lends to the to the to the album experience. Yes, and I think that's what people lack nowadays. It's when I made my album, I wanted it to be a listening experience from front to back. You should the the singles are in there for sure, but they're woven into the overall product and experience of the album so he's, he's taking you on an experience and the skits yeah. and everything is I thought, included i thought so yeah so my my, so. my my whole uh, thing on, on best albums is if you don't skip it that's a great album yes yeah like that. you literally don't touch it you let it play the way it's intended to be played mm-hmm. front to back yep. no skipping songs so for my number three i'm gonna go uh, a little more old school oh i like it um, just because, you know, I'm old. Old school with the old school. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my number three is The Doors. Oh. Debut album for The Doors. Hey, that's... Oh, man. As soon as you hear that fucking... Yeah, like, oh. it's very recognizable. Yeah. So uh, you got The Doors on there and... Uh, obviously I, well, maybe not obviously I was not alive when they actually came out, but I discovered this in my teens and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Uh, every doors. single song Good choice. Yeah. Uh, it's 11 songs and it's only 44 minutes. Again, every song, there's no fillers. Yeah. Every that, that back then they were like, okay, we have an A side, a B side. Yeah. Yeah. The doors were like, we're just going to make a, an album and <laughs> just, that's up to you. Just you, whatever. hit play. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit play. I don't care what you do with it. Yeah, yeah. And every song on that album sounds different, but it, uh, but it also uh, lets people know that the doors are, we're just different. They're yeah. just different. No other band since has come even close to capturing that. They were only around four years. That's crazy. And that's what I mean. Like, they, they came in, they dropped their, their, their experience, and they dip out. So, like, uh, another album that I saw a lot on uh, these top lists were, was Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, he dropped his experience in, what was it? The Jimi Hendrix Experience? Yes. Are You Experienced? Or something like that? No, it's called Jimi Hendrix The Experience. Yeah. And it was like, he came, he dropped his shit, and then dipped out. But then... That's all you really needed to do. He didn't need more. That's what makes like a great album. And now I think about it, Jimi Hendrix would probably be up there, but it wasn't to me. Wasn't that impactful to me? Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. So What's going, your number three? So going into my number three, I'm talking about uh, we're going into the uh, the 2000s. So at the very beginning of 2000s, 
Coldplay. Coldplay. Is this uh, Parachutes? This is Parachutes. I love this song because Coldplay doesn't make any music like that sounds like this anymore. Yeah, anymore. you're right. But it's a it's a double edged sword because you know oh they sound the same or they sound different and then yeah. you can't win. Yeah. So Coldplay came out with their album uh, Parachutes in 2000, and uh, for me, like you said, from front to back, it's just playable. You just hit fucking play and let it run. And it was just so different from 2000. You think of like new metal taking over to the 2000s. You think of alternative rock that was, and then fucking Coldplay came out. Yeah, it was like a highlights book. One of these do not belong here. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, you, you had the experience uh, or inspiration rather, definitely from Radiohead, Oasis. I hear you. I hear you. Don't fucking yell at me. But Get off my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) But the way that that Coldplay came out at this time uh, was was fucking very impactful. And again, if they just came, dropped this one album and dipped out, it would have spoken a lot as to who the fuck Coldplay was. So Mm. shout out Coldplay. That great, great choice. I didn't even think of the Coldplay. Um, I actually liked the rush of blood to the head a little bit more, but. Respect on that selection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah. You can't be mad when you have Coldplay on. I've learned that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's all good. So that's why I really felt like when you're talking about debut albums, that's the type of shit that just comes out and just like makes the bang and uh, makes an impact. And, and you think about like Coldplay from, what was it, 2004 with XY? And I think then, after XY, they changed their sound. And that's when I was out. Like, yeah. was with La, La Vida Vida? Out. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. Uh, what happened to Shiver, bro? Uh, Cash 22, bro. You either sound the same and people hate you for it, or you change it up and people hate you, you for it. You, you can evolve, no doubt. Like, Corn evolved. They did a number of evolutions throughout their career, but they still kept the essence of what Corn was. Sure. Where are Coldplay they now? Is, they're still selling out fucking arenas in South America. But the same <laughs> shit. <laughs> I like that little little quote in South America. But you know, but but it's it's still there. Like Meanwhile, they, Coldplay's rocking just a fucking dumb arenas. Yeah. I know. Dumb arenas. <laughs> Hundred thousand people. I know. I get you. I get you. Man, it just it just hit me a little bit. I was like, ah, but you know, debut albums go. Coldplay, parachutes. Uh, I still play that shit front to back. Solid. Very yeah. solid. Yeah, and yeah. that's number three. That was number three. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a little intimidated. Number two for me um, was one of those albums where I think everybody listened to it at some point in their life. Yep. And it is. And on the cool channel. Oh, Beastie Boys. License to Ill. License to Ill. Okay, yeah. so when that album came out, I, I was probably four, five, three, four, five years old. But th- it's another impactful album where you just discover it. And not only is it a great uh, album cover art, yeah, with the jet and with the license, yeah, they were originally punkers, yeah. Um, and and Rick Rubin got a hold of them and just released this try this, out this rap shit, yeah, and it worked. And not Rick only Rubin, did it man. work, um, they leaned into the fact that they were white, yeah. Uh, they laughed at themselves. We're, we're white. We're, we're Jewish. white. We're Jewish. They leaned into all of that shit, yeah. and and they still got the respect of Run DMC oh and all God. those old heads. To, to this day, the Beastie Boys don't get the respect that they should have. They should get for being as impactful. I mean, 
and, and talking about evolution. Either you sound the same or you evolve. The Beastie Boys were a great example of evolution because you talk about License to Ill to like Hello Nasty. Hello Nasty is one of my favorite albums. Oh, yeah, with the, the Tuna Can one? Yeah, the yeah production, that's a cool one. The production on Hello Nasty is just so fucking weird. The whole robotic yeah, yeah, science. Dude, yeah, That is such a great and they, they, fucking they, and album. Not only that, they made some of the best music videos yeah. ever. <laughs> like, they were like, all right, I really don't want to do it, but let's have some fun with it. Exactly. Sabotage is still one of the best oh. music videos of all time. I mean, you, you have, you, from uh, Fight for Your Right to Party to Sure Shot, to Sabotage, to Intergalactic, they, they each of those songs sound nothing alike. Yeah. But fuck, they're, they just, still hit. they're just dope as fuck in Absolutely. their own right. Absolutely. Great selection. All Great right. Great selection. What do you got okay, for number my, two? Okay, my, my number two, we're, we're going to, either people are going to be upset or they're going to be happy, but, you know, this one's an impactful from the L.A. area, man. Rage Against the Machine. You went political. No, no. I, I yeah. like how you went from Coldplay, which was very mellow. I'm cool, and oh, then yeah. your next selection to fuck everybody. <laughs> ah. I love that Rage Against the Machine when they came out in 1992 with their self-titled debut album. Um, even then, their, their cover art, talking about great cover art, was the, the, the Buddhist monk who set himself on fire. That in itself is, is a fucking statement. Uh, that's a, it's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it grab, it, like yeah. if, you were, if you were shuffling through CDs and you saw that, like, Whoa, or what you, you would stop at least to look at the oh, album yeah. cover. Yeah. And hence your, the point that you were making. Now I stopped and looked at the cover. Let me listen to it. It worked. And it's reflective of the content of the music as well. Very much so. It was incredible. So we're talking about, again, a, a, a group, band, musical artist that comes in, drops an album, then dips the fuck out. If Rage Against Machine had done that, everyone would, just, would have hit a quick pause. Like, what what train did we just get hit by? Yeah. And um, the, the, the addition to the culture, you're talking about like new metal in the 90s, which is huge on me. I love new metal. And Rage Against Machine, they, I'm not going to say they invented it. But they perfected it. No one will ever do rock and rap better than Rage. Oh, you are not going to like period. my number one answer. Period, period, period. That is that is not subjective. That is objective right there. I will fucking die that on that That is hill. state facts right there. <laughs> Beats, Bears, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> no, it's, it's Beats, Bears, and your album. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, yeah, it, it was such a kick in the face. I mean, for 92 thinking about 92 this is like nirvana eddie vetter uh, blind melon I'm, I'm sensing a trend here uh, another one where it was basically a bomb it, yeah it's cold play drops yeah. it's not supposed to be the yeah. Fuck is it? yeah 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 you're absolutely right they just dropped in and we're like here it is motherfuckers yeah and you're right if they would have left um i would put rage kind of like with um i'm trying to remember uh a jamaican guy Michael Jackson. The other Jamaican guy. <laughs> get, uh, get up, stand up, Bob Marley. Bob Marley, yeah. So if Bob Marley had done the same thing where he only made one album, yeah. I think I know exactly what you're talking about, the impactfulness and the yeah. whole, what, what? Is, he didn't well, have to make another album. You didn't have to. Yeah, I get what you're so, saying. So like, uh, when, as an artist, you, you make your album, but you're, you take a while to like find your stride over the next couple albums. So like, um, 
off the wall, then thriller, mm-hmm. then bad. Then bad. And again, you're like, you're finding your rhythm as you go on and you evolve as an artist. But for a debut album, just to be like, bam, this is who I am. No questions. It's a hell of a, a that's a hell of a debut. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I would say uh, Rage Against Machine, number two for sure. All right. Well, um, I will counter that. Oh, this is getting interesting. With, I'm going to go ahead and veto your best (laughs) rap rock album of all time. Okay. Um, My number one. And why is it Linkin Park Hybrid Theory? (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Really? Yep. What? Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, I was just fucking rambling. You know, that's, okay, shit. That, that's my number one, and here's why. Oh, wow. They perfected new metal before they even started calling it new metal. Oh, okay, I'm gonna, let, me, let, me just, let me just dive on this while you continue to explain. Let me, let me digest this, but continue. Every song on that album, with the exception of the, the DJ one, Mr. Han, is instantly recognizable, and it's only like 35 minutes for an album. And you can tell that... They put their heart and soul into that, almost as if the the record producers were like, "And eh, we're going to give you one shot, so you better knock it out of the park." And they knocked it out of the park. That that's that's a great point. I mean, for me, Meteora was was really Linkin Park finding their stride. Second album, uh, yeah, their second album, and, and and some of those songs were supposed to be on the first album. Yep, true that. So I was like, okay, you know, that makes a very 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 good point. Uh, maybe because. When I first heard Hybrid Theory, it was one of those things. I was in high school, and I was like, okay, One Step Closer was was on the radio, and I didn't really, like, think too much of it, maybe because I was so far up Limp Biscuit's ass that I didn't, I had always compared them to, to Limp Biscuit, which you is did, the gold standard you for You did me. it for the nookie. Yeah, exactly. And for, for looking back now, the career that Linkin Park had, uh, yeah, I, Hybrid Theory, definitely impactful. Ah. <sighs> One drop it, and then they'd left, and no one would ever say a thing. I don't, I don't know if I, could, I would I would say so, but yes, I mean, a great, great fucking debut album, Blinkin' Park. True that. All right, all right. Now I'm dying to see what rap album you pick for number one. Uh, yeah, how'd you know it was a rap album? Come on. <laughs> they're, 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 people will contest this and say it should be different, but uh, I will say fuck the rules. Because that's this what is my said. list. Chronic. I, I really thought you were going to uh, pick uh, Doggy Style. Doggy Style? I thought you were going to pick Doggy Style. Oh, I like Doggy Style. I thought it was going to be Doggy Style. Not, But this is, this is not a wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the lists I, I, was, I was reviewing, they were always saying NWA straight out of content. And yeah, okay, I, I could say that because... The reason why I didn't pick Doggy Style because there wouldn't be a Doggy Style if there wouldn't be the Chronic first. Sure. In the same way that people would also say the Chronic wouldn't exist had it not been for NWA Straight Outta Compton. Okay, well, you know, the the knee bones connected to the thigh bone, (laughs) the thigh bone. I mean, how far back are we going to go? Exactly, exactly. But the way that I felt that NWA Straight Outta Compton was definitely the the introduction to gangsta hip-hop, West Coast, even at that. East Coast had such a dominance yes. on hip hop up until this point. Up so, until pretty much Death Row started. Yeah. So when NWA Straight Outta Compton came out, they moved the spotlight over to the West Coast saying, wait, what's going on over here? Something's going on over here. But 
with Dr. Dre's The Chronic, it was an experience from start to end, and it was purely all Dr. Dre. We had Dr. Dre production throughout NWA, straight out of Compton, but you also had Ice Cube, you had Easy E, you had all these other rappers that were contributing to the album, but Dr. Dre, The Chronic, that was facilitated, overseen, created Dr. Dre, and the way that he articulated the West Coast experience in The Chronic, unlike anything ever, any, you just can't, there's no replication until The Chronic 2001. The That's sequel? We did it again. <laughs> part the, the, two, part just <laughs> when you thought it was safe to turn the radio on. And then he did it again in 2001, but as a debut album and really setting the pace of what West Coast G-Funk gangster rap was, the chronic Dr. Dre is where it all started. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I For me, I just knocks, I knock him down a little bit just because uh, the DOC ghostwrited for him. So okay. he, he, he didn't really rap, and it's well documented that, that he does that. Okay, that's true. Um, that's what knocks me down for him. Okay, that makes sense. Production-wise, you're spot on. Yeah. Um, if I were to pick a, a, a debut album, I probably, for rap, I probably, uh, ugh, probably DMX's It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Oh, man, yeah, I saw that one too. That that one, the reason why I love DMX to this day, that motherfucker gave, whenever you heard a DMX song, you heard the pain or the pleasure in his voice. There was no, oh, yeah. there was no uh, pretending. There was no posturing. What you heard was raw emotion. Yeah. And there's something to be said about someone who has a message, but delivers it in a passionate way to get their point across. Yeah. Like Chester. Yes. Like, Chester, obviously he was screaming for help. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is very, very, uh, artistic i mean that's that's what art is you're putting yourself on display um in my opinion like uh, some of the greatest artists of all time in, in any medium yeah uh they actually are public sacrifices mm -hmm. that's why they die so young in my opinion yeah their pain and their pleasure their their whatever you want to call it uh experiences yeah they're able to put them into words and musically yeah put it out there yeah and then they leave this uh, this this mark yep. to have other people relate to them. Yeah. So even if you couldn't save Chester or any of these other guys, maybe the music will help somebody else. Right. And I think that's what their their hope was. I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, would you put Mac Miller in the Twenty Seven Club, even though he was twenty eight? No. Okay. Thanks it, for stopping by. <laughs> it's it's literally in the title. I know, I know, but I mean, I felt like he's well, like an honorary member. No, see, no. That, that's that Gen Z shit. Close enough. <laughs> Mac Miller, man, like, uh, I was looking at, like, a lot of the tragic stories of those in the 27 Club, untimely deaths. Yeah. Um, he fits the bill. The only thing he didn't fit was the 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 27. Well, and then he should have got high a year <laughs> earlier. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, so that that's what uh, our, our our top three debut albums are. I thought this was a, a great subject, and you thought okay, you thought we were gonna match. You thought it was gonna match on Lincoln Park. I really did. You really, thought I we were honestly match? thought that 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 was the one that we were both gonna somehow be on our list because uh, the, I thought we both had listened to the shit of that. Yeah, I, I I did, but I think Meteora was was definitely more for me. Okay, uh, with Lincoln Park, but man, 
I'm glad we didn't match though. I knew I was like, I don't think you're like, oh, we're gonna match, bro. I'm like, nah, nah. I have a feeling. Just watch. We're not gonna match. Oh, for the record, uh, Lincoln Park over uh, Raging Against Machine. <laughs> Stuff, but that's Jazz Logic coming out of the UK. Dave running in from the kitchen. We're getting refilled. This is important, guys. Look, man, if you want my honest opinion, I gotta have a couple beers in me. Pause type. There it is. Back onto it. Oh, Back yeah. onto it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh man, shout out Jazz Logic. Appreciate the vibe. Appreciate the vibe. But now that we're done uh, talking about music, let's continue on with the conversation. We're talking about food. Ooh, that's something I know uh, a lot about. Give me some food. So have you ever used uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and all that jazz? Um, I'm a platinum member on Uber Eats. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. What, is, what does that even mean? Is it such a thing? Yes. Tell me more. Uh, it's like anything else. Is if you use it enough, they give you points back, or they give you free deliveries, or they take the fees off. Okay. I, I've yet to use it. Just It just seems like they're adding a lot of money just for, just for delivery. Oh, you're right. But, you know. Okay. Uh, I, I could tell you this. Um, if you don't want to worry about the whole no tip, no trip. Do, no tip, do, no trip? Yeah, that's a trend on, on DoorDash because you you have to leave your tip in advance, which is, I'm going to say it, retarded. Yeah. Uh, why am I going to tip you for something in advance? I don't even know if the food's going to even come correct. I, I've seen that. Where like um, you or like the, the drivers, they're talking about like on TikTok or whatever the fuck saying like, and fuck this order because they gave me only a dollar tip. But did you? It's before you made the trip, though. Yes. Before it's like, oh, I'm not accepting that order because there's no tip to it. There's not enough money for me to do it. So they have the ability to not accept the the job because they see the tip in advance. Yes. Okay, so then in that case, fuck those guys. Yeah. Who take the job and then complain about the tip? That's why I, I use Uber Eats uh, because they can't see it till after. Oh, okay, good. I want them to know I get the oh, dollar afterwards. Yeah, and I tip. After I get my food. Yeah, I, I tip, but I'm not going to tip you beforehand. That's stupid. That's like paying a hooker before you fuck her. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm dipping out. <laughs> I heard your list. Wait a minute. I heard, I heard your, your list. list. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> well, there, have you ever gotten uh, your food delivery from one of those robots? No, and I'm terrified if that ever happens. You, have you heard about them? Um, yeah, I've actually seen them at the, at the, um, the casinos, which casinos commerce, uh, commerce, uh, bicycle, some of the other local ones, but they, it looks like a tray. It's a robotic tray. Almost like it looks like Kevin is it in the casino. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, so sure. like they load it up in the kitchen and then it knows what table to go to who ordered it. But it's just weird. You come out of the restroom and you're like, all right. And you just see this little robot with a plate of sushi. Hello, Dave. Yeah. It Here was, is your quesadilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try our specials. 
it, it felt like that scene from uh, Back to the Future 2 when the guy's talking to the TV. Okay. Try the lunch specials. <laughs> Try the lunch special. I was thinking, bro, well, there's, I, there's been an, um, an on, not an onslaught, but an uptick in uh, the, those food delivery robots that freak us out. They're starting to get abused. They're starting to take a beating out in the streets. Okay, well, when, when they take over... Um, they're going to remember this shit <laughs> when we beat the fuck out of them. This is how Skynet's. It starts with a grudge. Yeah, they saw iRobot. <laughs> Starship Technologies, which uh, develops these, these fucking robots, was launched in 2014 by the co-founders of Skype. And they make a 22-inch tall robot and that roll along the street at around four miles per hour making those food deliveries. But uh, out of the 15 million people the robots have encountered so far, 80% have just ignored them. But there's 20% okay. that are just saying, fuck them robots. And they're kicking them. They're pushing them. They're trying to break into them to take the food out. This is a very important question. Do the, what do the robots identify as? Because, <laughs> you know, that's a hate crime. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> According to iRobot I standards, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, do you get frustrated enough in the casino to kick over the robot no. after, after the delivery? I, I, I get frustrated with other players. I'd rather, I, I would have kicked another player before I kicked a robot. I don't know. I'd rather kick the robot. Well, yeah, because... It, Fuck it, you, Wally. <laughs> or or, or uh, Johnny Five. <laughs> Short circuit. Yeah. So um, I, I, I read the article and I was like, wow, this is very like, I don't know, not indicative, but revealing, potentially telling about how humans would interact with these robots, I mean, I already, you know, try to stomp on my Roomba at home. But uh, I'm curious how, like, in, in public, you give nice things to the general public, and it's going to go bad. Absolutely. I feel like it's going to go uh, bad. And that's with anything. There, there was a 2015 study which placed a robot in a Japanese shopping mall and found that when few people were around, children started to display antisocial behavior towards the robot by blocking its way, calling it names, or even acting violently towards it. So it's not completely foreign that this has happened before. But if you give, uh, you give Venice some fucking robots... I don't Venice know what you, Venice. I don't know what you guys are expecting, man. You don't give a murderer a gun and go, all right, let's see how this, see how this plays out. So, so this is how Skynet starts, is what you're saying. Uh, I'm not saying that. It's just, I, I think we're past the point of no return in general. Of what? Just the world. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we're going down already. Oh, we've been going down. Oh, okay. If this was, if like, this was the Titanic, uh, this would be the part where uh, <laughs> they're playing the music with the band. <laughs> and everyone's still thinking that everything's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. There's enough lifeboats. Uh, no. Although I would, I would like to see if they remade that movie now, or say if another ship went down now, oh. how would they load that boat? Part two? No, no, no. How would they load women and children first? I identify as a woman <laughs> and or child. Get me on that lifeboat. Get me on the boat. <laughs> the, yeah, the rules of Titanic would not be applicable. Everyone would die because they just argue about who gets on the boat first. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, looking back at, at these food delivery robots, uh, I think it's very telling that you can't just you can't give people nice things. No, I think uh, it's human nature to be dicks. Yeah, even I, even when it's something nice, it's it's just I don't know. Remember like those school dances? I would always just talk shit about the guys dancing. Like no matter what, <laughs> like the guys dancing obviously with a girl, and I'm over here with my foot against the wall. Like, yeah, we just like hating on things. Yeah. But at the same time, though, even if you put out a robot to do something that's supposed to help, 
Uh, I'm namely talking about those uh, security guard robots in the mall. Okay. You got to know damn well that them teenagers ain't going to give a fuck about that robot. Dude, they don't even give a fuck about Paul Blart. They don't <laughs> give a shit about Short Circuit <laughs> Wally over there. They're, they're going to they're gonna fuck with it. And Absolutely. That's what kids do. Yeah. So I would, I wonder if I can write it. Now I'm oh thinking, oh, now, now I'm thinking now about how I, I am definitely part of that 20%. Right. Is that hate crime coming up <laughs> there, soon? There was a, a thought in my head and I was like, what if I just ran up on it with a saddle and just, that's a jackass skit waiting to happen. Did you uh, happen, changing the subject here, did you happen to see that the robot who uh, did manual labor for 15 minutes and then realized this is stupid and just killed itself? I, I saw that video. I don't think that's the full context of it. I don't think that's how AI works. Where, because AI, you give the robot a job, it performs a job most efficiently. Yeah. It doesn't care about how it feels. It says, oh, this is terrible for me. I'm quitting. AI does, I don't think we've reached that level of AI advancement just uh, yet. That, that wasn't quiet quitting. That was loud quitting. That motherfucker just collapsed. He <laughs> <laughs> had a magic medical emergency. I, can't, I, I think, again, that the video itself was taken out of context. Okay. I forget what the video was, but... There was a video doing like manual labor, like uh, Amazon. Just work. picking up boxes and putting it like on a conveyor belt. Right. And the, the caption was, after 15 minutes, this AI robot realized this is not the life I want to live. And just killed it or it killed just died itself. or collapsed. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's where I, where I hesitate. I'm like, ah, I think people have like well, no, I, a point I, to I, make. I, I think that if it's a robot, then I, that's probably true because you're not, you're not putting in... Um, does the, the robot have kids? Does it have responsibilities? You're not putting that information in the robot. <laughs> so where it's like... This robot needs context. Yes. That robot was like, I live alone. <laughs> I have a bookshelf with no books on it. I got nothing going for me. <laughs> you gave the robot this backstory. <laughs> and now it's like... Well, uh, fuck this. <laughs> fuck Jane Dover from Maryland. You're not getting your fucking cups. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah, so if, you, if you're thinking about uh, hiring a robot anytime soon in regards to seeing what it can do to help you, uh, I wouldn't count on it because it's either going to get abused or it's going to kill itself. Emotionally or physically. need to know what how large <laughs> wow welcome back everybody how large is your dvd collection my dvd collection is extensive but it's misleading because it's like three quarters blu-ray and 25 percent probably uh vhs <laughs> vhs you can hear the crisp. It's more. It's oh no, plays it's, better it, it, that way. It's what? more of a, I'm waiting for these stupid Gen Zs to go crazy for retro shit so I could sell. I've had a there massive markup. There, there's a the, the the Disney VHSs. I'm sure. Well, you work in that industry. Fucking collectibles. It's, it's it's not what it sounds like. It's it's one of those stupid things. Where like oh, if it's a diamond on there, it's worth thousands. No, they 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 all have diamonds on it. You idiot. 
Okay, well, there goes that. Well, shit, back to my VHSs. <laughs> that and how many ghetto ones were made. Yeah, that's true. At, swap the, meet. at the swap meet, yeah. they just copied the little thing. So it's how, which ones are true diamonds? Shout out to swap meet because, man, they make some really good replicas. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, but I, the reason why I ask is, like, you take pride in, like, your, your DVD collection, right? Like, like uh, Yeah, I, I used to, uh, but because it's, everything's streamed now, uh yeah, I, I would say our last, uh, we were the last generation that kind of... Uh, I feel like you, you, want to, you really want to be the last generation for a lot of things. Are we the first generation for anything else? First generation? Um, we're probably the first generation to go, hey, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, can, you can respond that way? Yeah, you, you, wait, you can say act your age or act your wage? What the fuck does quiet quitting mean? Well, quiet quitting for me back then was just not smoking... Five cigarettes, only three. <laughs> I really enjoy my DVD collection uh, because it's it's accessible when I want it, how I want it, when I need it. I want to play it now. I get you. So, great example is I love my uh, my Halloween collection, my Christmas collection. So, Halloween movies, you're talking like Beetlejuice, Casper. I'm talking like uh, Charlie Brown. Wow, you're, you're going G-rated. Yeah, this is all my... Well, this is for me. Okay. Uh, I'm not a huge horror fan like you are. So, like you're like Nightmare on Elm Street and... Oh, no, I thought you meant the other whore, because I'm a whore fan both ways. Okay. <laughs> Love me some whores. <laughs> um, but, like, for, for me, like, having those 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 Halloween classics accessible. Uh, I mean, the old-timey Universal monster movies. Dracula, uh, yeah. Werewolf. Okay. Yeah, Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, if you want to enter the Halloween season and start wanting to play those Halloween movies in order or just at your whim, you have to go through different streaming platforms to a find out who the fuck has it. And then is it even available without having to pay without ads? So this is why I like Amazon. Uh, you can pay for it and buy the movie and yeah. it's always in your library. It's not like Netflix and the other ones you can okay. act physically or you can actually buy it and it's, mm -hmm. it's in your library. You have a digital copy of it. that can okay. never be taken away from you. Okay. Even if you lose Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Okay. So Amazon, if you want to own the movie streaming wise, that's yeah. the best way to go, or at least what I do. So yeah. I have my, basically my collection on Amazon already. Got it. But did, you, did any of those movies, did you have to buy twice? Because you already had a copy of it, DVD, oh, yeah. VHS? Yeah. It was more like a backup copy in case, you know, there's a scratch on it. I still have it. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. But makes sense. as far as watching Halloween movies or theme movies in order, no. It's just more of a. The closer I get to Halloween, the the, the, the get, I'm not gonna say more excited, yeah. but the, the the more likely I'm gonna be watching horror movies or yeah. those movies that you mentioned. Right. So what what I'm trying to get at is is how, at least for for me, having my DVD collection is so important because it's all accessible. Yes. I have to worry about fucking finding a platform and. You do ads. have to worry about if you did put the wrong DVD in the wrong case. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Kids, stay out of my fucking yeah. DVD collection. <laughs> you hear that? But Disney is beginning to cease create creating physical media in Australia. So the last DVD Blu-ray that they're going to make and develop and release in Australia is Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. After that, they're not going to make any more DVDs and no more physical media. Just they're, Disney. They're, right as now. of right now, this is where the headline's coming from. It's just Disney. So when they do their returning from the vault, it'll be just streaming? It'll be just on streaming. Oh. So they, that's, what they, that's what they did. If you wanted to watch you know, fucking Pinocchio, there was either the re-release in theaters or releasing from the vault for home video. And you had to buy it while you could and then you're ass out. 
So now I think the Disney going Disney is that they're going to release movies on Disney Plus. Yes. And then you have to have, you know, subscription. But then they're going to take shit away and then they're going to bring it back and then take shit away. Yep. I just want my fucking copy of my DVD. Like, yeah, the, the, the whole, the whole. Or am I just old? No, uh, I don't want to say that. Uh, it's more of a, it makes sense. Uh, they're still trying to get people to go paperless. At, at some point, they're just going to be like, look, fucker, we gave you 17 years to go paperless and you said no. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going paperless. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's the same thing with uh, uh, TV shows or movies or uh, media. Yeah. It just costs less. Yeah, but I like the, the the now of it. I mean, it's it's a bitch to have all these fucking like DVDs. It takes I mean, up a space. Yeah, I'm looking at ways like I can digitize. If I could digitize a DVD the same way, like I have my MP3 library and have my albums, music, whatever, just accessible at my whim, and do that with my DVD collection, have my own streaming platform, if you will, my own custom. Yeah, try try Amazon. You could still you could still buy the Disney movies. You have to pay for them. But yeah, but I, I gotta pay for all these things all over again. I hear you. My shit's in my garage, ready to go. Yes, and there's <laughs> something to be said about the original copies because in this woke era that we live in, a lot of stuff gets edited out. That, that's that's true. That's the other thing. Yeah. How many times they edit out the the Wizard of Oz with the the midget or hanging himself? I'm sorry. Not supposed to say tall, challenged person in the background <laughs> allegedly hanging themselves, yeah. and then they took it out. Right. So stuff like that, I totally get why you would want to have a physical copy or at least original. Right. Yeah, I definitely wanted to uh, hang on to my DVD collection. I mean, I think it's one of those things where I, I wear my DVD collection like a, my, like a T-shirt. You know who I am just by what I'm wearing on my T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, think of the last generation or maybe just 10 years earlier. Uh, they did the same thing with books or kind of phasing books out with the whole Kindle thing. Interesting. And Very true. It just makes more sense from a business standpoint. To gonna, not print all this paper. So I'm just going to get a, a digital frame and just cycle out my movie posters to say, this is what I love. I mean, you see the billboards, <laughs> uh, those, those billboards on the, on the freeway, uh, the digital, blue. the digital ones, yeah. same thing. Yeah. They even true. have photo albums that do the same thing where it just changes every picture. So yeah. it's not the same picture. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like that. The, the, the digital photo frames, because especially now you take like, you know, thousands of pictures you can't have like tons of photo albums with back in the day with the, you had one shot to yeah. get it right. <laughs> you dude. Had the disposable camera. Like, you had one uh, shot and you better hope someone didn't have their finger on the goddamn lens. Somebody was picking their nose. Everybody open your fucking yeah. eyes. Oh, open, open your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. So I just, I just, I get maybe it's just cause I was older and the idea of not being, ha not having the opportunity to buy your DVD and they, maybe it just it awoke something in me too, hearkening back to yeah. the blockbuster days. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It all goes back to the childhood. Yeah. Absolutely. The nostalgia, the showing up at the blockbuster on a Friday night. Yeah, 10 bucks and you're going to rent a game and a movie and maybe some popcorn. And you were set for the weekend. Yeah. How many things would you have rented at Blockbuster if you knew they were going to go out of business like the next week? <laughs> wow. Okay. So like in the world, in, in the dystopian, yeah, sure. Uh, like there's uh, no streaming platforms and they're like, Hey, we're only, they're only open for the next two days. What yeah. would I, Oh man, I think I would honestly, I would loot. I think I would just steal it. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to grab all the movies and leave. I'm going to hijack this fucking and, Blockbuster. And, 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 and here's the thing. I'm going to get to the car and realize they're not even in the cases. <laughs> 
Approaching our, uh, I guess, final lap, if you will, towards uh, towards the end of the show. Also so, known as the victory lap. Yeah, the victory lap. Sure. Shout out Nipsey Hussle. Also, if, that wasn't a debut album, though. Victory lap was not a debut album. I had a, er, on the brakes. I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't listened to any Nipsey Hussle. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I, there is a cutoff for me. Yeah. Oh, but, Nipsey Hussle, man. That's some shit. I think Schoolboy Q is like the last one. Oh, yeah? Oh, man. You're missing, you're missing stuff, man. Doing yourself a dis- you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. There's some great new music out there. Oh, I'm not. I don't doubt that, but I can't relate to it. I can't relate to Dr. Dre, but yeah, when you, I play that shit, yeah, I can. do. Yeah, I you put can. my foot out the window. Yeah, you put your foot out the window. You get your ribs and you start barbecuing. <laughs> you know what the G Funk is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know you exactly know. what that is. So as we approach the end, uh, we got some quick takes. All right, let's do it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with just just some some takes that I discovered this past week, and just, I need to speak on it. All right. Preach, brother. Uh, if you're driving a smart car, you gotta stick out a little bit when you're parking. Don't don't give me that false hope, man. When I'm coming down the aisle, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fucking park right here, and it's a fucking smart car. Because they're parked all the way to the back. Like you, you don't need to hide between cars. No, but that's just, that's what Teslas are gonna do. You're and fucking with me. Yeah, they are. But you don't get used to it. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. Damn smart cars, man. Small ones, man. You see that there'll be some uh, a law here in the next 15, 20 years where you can't even, you're going to have to own a smart car. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't buy a gas can't, You can't have a gas car anymore. Yeah, you can't have a combustible engine. You, you'll see that law pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, you can buy used. You can't buy new. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, you any, any quick takes off the top? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I got one more, and as as I anticipate the arrival of the Halloween season, because I fucking love Halloween. Halloween is such the best, dude. It's the best. Are you one of those people that start celebrating July 5th? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no, I'm not one of those Christmas people who start <laughs> celebrating in August. Hey, you ready to put your lights up? No, it's <laughs> fucking 103 degrees. Um, when, when, when do you start decorating for, for Halloween? Uh, I don't decorate for Halloween. You don't decorate for I Halloween? I don't decorate because... That's half the fun. It is, but I, I don't. I don't live in an area where I get many kids, so it seems like a moot point. Oh, that's. I true. don't get many trick or treaters. You decorate inside? No. Okay. There's no decorations. No, it, but uh, I love Halloween, but oh, okay. not not like that. Okay. You not can... like dress my cat. <laughs> love Halloween. <laughs> you guys dressing up? Yes, I got the greatest costume for yourself. No. My cat. No, my wife wants to dress up uh, our cat as fucking puss in boots. Oh, that's year. a great idea. Is he orange? No. <laughs> it looks stupid. Okay, then I kind of... <laughs> well, as we approach the Halloween season, uh, I, I decorate. I go all out. But there's one decoration that I refuse to get. What is that one? The lawn inflatables. The lawn inflatables. So the people that have like the, the inflatables... 
fucking just turn the air on and it blows oh, up. Oh, like the, the, the car ones with the where they wave? Yeah, yeah, okay. sure. All yeah, right, what the right. fuck? You, put, you turn the air on and it blows up and now it's... Uh, that seems a little lazy slash redundant. So that's, that's my thing. Lawn inflatables are the gift cards of decorations. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's very astute. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, because oh, I, I, I don't like giving out gift cards for like a gift. I really give out cash. Um, I'd rather give out cash. At least, you know, people like cash. Well, not only that, you don't have to worry about the gift card already being loaded and yeah, used. All that shit. Yeah. I want to just give you straight cash. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I feel like just it's just lazy. You just plug it in and all of a sudden, Halloween's on my lawn. Yeah. Nah, man. I, I can't do this. I refuse to get lawn inflatables because they are indeed the gift cards of decorations. Uh, I don't have a quick take. It's more of a thought that uh, came up to me. Yeah. Life is a funny thing. None of us were asked to be born. It then gives you things that you never asked for, then slowly takes each and everything you have grown attached to. The choice is whether to be grateful or resentful. I go with the grateful side. Uh, I, I hop between the two. I honestly do. Some, I think- da- some days I get really, really resentful. Yeah. And the other days I'm like, oh, I'm really lucky. But I do hop between the two. I think that's easy for me to say because I don't think I've experienced a significant loss. Oh, uh, dude, it sucks. Yeah. It's, and you know what? It comes in waves. Yeah. It sucks so bad, dude. And she's like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have, I have some friends who have experienced significant losses. Okay. And they, they explain that the grief process never ends. You just no. grieve differently each time. But the grief is always there. It's always there. It's yeah. just, uh, it's an empty, it's an empty void that will never be filled, no matter what. But the hole will hopefully close a little bit. It will never fully close. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's why I say, being the optimistic person that I am, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll let you know when we get there. Okay. I don't look forward to it. But, um, it, but it's inevitable. When did uh, being a pessimist get lumped up with a realist. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a realist, but I get lumped in with pessimistic because being a realist is not optimistic. And if you're not optimistic, then you're a pessimistic. What happened in the middle? Have you seen the country lately? (laughs) Bring back the music. (laughs) Fair point. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's no middle. And I think that's why I enjoy conversation is because the dialogue it reintroduces that there is a middle. There is a gray area. You can have a little bit of this. You can have a little bit of that. Life is a buffet, man. Yeah, I, oh, it really is. As long as it's not coming from a robot. Dang. <laughs> I played. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that's that's what I got. You ready for your fortune cookie? Oh, shit. I forgot about okay, that. All you, right, let's you, go. You got the fortune cookie. Ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> I got to get my fortune cookie sound effect. It's coming soon. But in the meantime, here's your fortune cookie. It is easier to stay out than to get out. It's easier to stay out than to get out. Yep. Um, I interpret that as that's a filler fortune cookie. That doesn't make no fucking <laughs> sense whatsoever. <laughs> Who's making these yeah, fucking things? I I feel like that that was like a, like a Paris Hilton fortune. Okay, let me let me uh, let me add a couple words to it. Maybe it'll give you some context. Okay, I'm an idiot. Go. Okay, it is easier to stay out of trouble. Than to get out of trouble. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So I can relate to that. It's yeah. more of a, as a married man, 
uh, I still have single friends. Um, however, the single friends want to go out and go do stuff and go to clubs and this and that. If you don't put yourself in situations where things might happen, yeah, it won't happen. That's also true. You, if you did, if, if you, you don't go, you can't get in trouble. That's true. That's so true. that's how I would interpret that fortune cookie. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely easier to stay out than to get out. I envision, I don't know why, like uh, being stuck inside of a store. Doesn't make sense. I don't. Say, I never said my thought was making any sense, but maybe that's just a joke I'm, I'm looking for, but I can't fucking Jesus Christ, I know that there. sounds like a goddamn horror movie trapped in easier. a fucking grocery store. <laughs> it's easier to stay out of the store than get out of the store. I don't fucking know. But yeah, it's easier to stay out than to get out. As always, want to thank you all for joining us here on Take 7. But before we go, we want to remind you to, to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to help the show grow. And tell people about it, because, you know, the more the merrier. Get in on the conversations and give us a take by emailing starsandstreetlamps at gmail.com or visit thatimagine.com. And lastly, everyone has a take, an opinion, or something to say. But give them a chance to speak their mind before you decide it needs changing you might be the one who instead has something more valuable to take away. An open mind. My name is Imagine, and that's the Dark Joker Dave, and we'll see you all next week. See you next on week. On Take 7. Play some Lincoln Park. <laughs> we ain't got the licensing. <laughs>